Welcome to Mobile Growth Nightmares, the podcast that shares and rips apart growth fuck-ups. Hosted by Andy from Feature, that's me, and Jessica from Paired. That's me. Behind every success, there are multiple mistakes, and this presents a fantastic opportunity for learning and improvement. However, mostly we only hear about the wins, so in this show, we do things a little differently. In every episode of Mobile Growth Nightmares, we'll invite a special guest from the industry to share a nightmare from their career and what they've learned from it. You can always find the latest episode of Mobile Growth Nightmares at mgnpodcast.com. That's mgnpodcast.com or on your favorite podcast platform. So, um, yeah, we have a very special guest with us today. Um, uh, he's another uh, what self-proclaimed dinosaur of the industry. Uh, I think uh, he also affectionately referred to me as a dinosaur at some point. Um, so, you know, he's, a, he's an industry veteran. Um, so I'm going to read from his uh, official bio. Uh, we have Maor Sadra here. Um, he is, uh, he's been in the ad tech space for almost 20 years, uh, previously, uh, man- uh, previously CEO at AppLift, uh, managing director at Interactive, experienced leader and recognized thought leader in the ad tech space. He certainly is that. Um, and uh, this is the fun bit. I, I think this is from your website, Mao, but you can tell, to tell us. I, I got this from Crunchbase, but I think it's from uh, pulled from your website. Mao dreams of conversions, speaks three languages, English, Hebrew, and Excel. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and these days uh, he's CEO of Incremental. That's spelled I-N-C-R-M-N-T-L. So basically without the vowels. Um, it's a new kind of insights partner for the new world of measurement. Uh, we'll let Maor tell us more about Incremental, but uh, first of all, I just wanted to say congrats on the recent seed round, Maor. Thank you, thank you, and uh, thank you both for having me on your podcast. Thanks, thanks for being a guest. It's an honor to have you. Same here, and uh, I don't think we are self-proclaimed dinosaurs. I think we are dinosaurs, Andy. Well, yes, I'm. <laughs> it's it's true. It's it's a fact. It's in the fossil record. <laughs> Yeah, again, we, we keep up to date, we try our best, but uh, we've been in this uh, for, for a while. True enough, true enough. So does it mean that I'm the young one? I don't think Probably. so. I am Probably. not, I am not. I feel like <laughs> so old. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to meet you. And I mean, you have quite a name. Um, so I'm really, really curious to go deep into your nightmares. Also, like it feels that everything that, you know, goes around ad tech is like a big question mark for a lot of marketeers out there. So I, this is going to be a great episode. Just going to say that. Um, I was just wondering, maybe do you want to tell us a bit more about your background and actually what Incremental is all about? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, starting maybe a little bit with myself. So, Maor, um, originally coming from Israel, basically started my career in the ad tech industry or marketing technology industry early 2000s um, when everything was new. Okay, when like dial up modems were the most popular way to connect to the internet, uh, where the first company I worked at, we had banners and pop ups on Kazakh. Um, think maybe most of the listeners have no idea what Kazaa is. If you know what Kazaa is, you're probably in your early 40s or late 30s. Um, yeah, so that was a really, really cool experience. Uh, I got to like see how like a big ad network was operating really early during the internet. Fell in love with it fairly quickly. And back then, again, if you didn't know Excel, you could not function at, at work, basically. So, yeah, you really had to master Excel and learn how to do it because everything was pretty much handled on like spreadsheets. Um, 
yeah, I fell in love with this industry fairly quickly and just continued progressing my career. I moved to the UK. Um, I basically spent the first 10 years of my career on the desktop space, um, thinking next year is going to be the year of mobile. Um, and there, um, yeah, about 10 years in, um, a friend of mine, Paul Bowen, which is also a fairly well-known dude in the industry, um, told me, switch to mobile now. Um, this is where I actually joined a company called Interactive. Interactive was a supply-side platform, later acquired by Fiber, later acquired by Digital Turbine. Um, there, I really got to experience like programmatic advertising, mobile, SDK, monetization, all that like fun stuff. Um, and then eight years ago, I had a proposal. Hey, do you want to move to Berlin to join Uplift? I was like, hell no. Um, <laughs> came to Berlin, met a bunch of people. I was like, wow, this is like pretty cool. Um, yeah, ended up coming to Berlin. Now, in Uplift, I was uh, yeah, initially chief revenue officer. Uplift was a CTI network. Um, I would say in Uplift, I really started understanding how bad tracking measurement attribution was in mobile. And this is kind of like related to my nightmare. And I would say also related to why I started Incremental. Um, spent six years as a chief revenue officer, got promoted to CEO, um, sold the company 2019. And then in 2020, I was like, okay, I want to fix this problem. Um, started Incremental. Incremental, in a nutshell, is a SaaS platform that allows companies to measure, hey, what is the incremental contribution of whatever? Typically, whatever would be my marketing activities on iOS, on influencers, on television, on out of home. Um, I would say when we started the company, we knew what the problem we wanted to solve was, but the market probably wasn't as big until Apple announced, hey, we are deprecating IDFA, which meant the way companies measure it up to date is pretty much no longer relevant. Um, this was pretty incredible for us as a company. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a great say, timing. Yeah, yeah. That was like we could not have hoped for better timing. Um, yeah, and that's kind of like the story. And I'll say incremental again is... Right now, uh, 16 people, 14 out of which is engineers. Uh, we are a heavily data science company, uh, scaling up very fast, thanks to the fact that companies seek our solution, both mobile companies, but also web companies and retailers. And like um, the diversity of our customer base is very, very, very wide. Um, really cool to see, yeah. So we managed to uh, um, do fundraising in this like horrific times to fundraise from Play Ventures and also from Eric Sufer's Her Heracles uh, Capital. And yeah, now hiring more, scaling more, you know, it, it works. Amazing. So the, the iOS 14 that was nightmare for like a lot of people was actually a gift for you, right? In a way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we don't want to gloat too much because we know how <laughs> painful it is for like 99% of the community mm -hmm. but yeah it was it was like amazing for us and i'm wondering like um because i'm sure you have like a, a variety of clients but like do you work more with like early stage business that are not spending much in a lot of different um platforms or do you work with like you know well-established brand that maybe they have like a really uh kind of a symphony of different channels and how do these things change for you like do you use two completely different approach um for for this yeah, so the product is the same for everybody, and I would say a small customer for us would be someone that has an ad spend of like 50k a month. Okay. Big ones, 20, 30 million a month ad spend, a lot of it on linear TV, and then out of home, and Paramount, and Hulu, and RTL, and whatever. 
Um, nice. Small one would be iOS developer blind to how is my performance working now on Facebook. That's mm-hmm. like, I Makes would say sense. as common as the other one. Okay. And since you're talking about TV, sorry, I have so many mm-hmm. questions. I told you, like, this is going to be an amazing episode. I'm going to learn so much. But like, um, I think this is a problem that I've seen, especially in the mobile space a lot. Uh, you know, we're all like performance driven. And so as soon as we cannot see like CPI equals this, we just go completely insane. And what I notice is that well-established business, big brands, they spend a lot of linear TV, small, um, you know, small clients, small developers, they, they're not actually able to do that. So were you able, do you have clients where you actually show that even for smaller brands, it makes sense to do linear TV? Yeah. And I would say to be fair, so linear TV usually requires a big investment because you also yeah. need the production. Yeah. Out of home is the one that keeps surprising me. I've literally Ooh. seen campaigns from like app developers that are really relatively small. Okay. We're talking about mm-hmm. uh, like app developers spending less than 100k a month on ad spend and there you sometimes see like um they measure campaigns running on subways and Mm -hmm. it's incredible incredible returns and the amount of investment to like launch an out-of-home campaign on subways is really not as big or even closely um to like tv linear tv where you need production and you have standards and you need uh, there's a lot of regulations as well and again put a to put a subway campaign in the Uban is a couple of thousands of euros. Yeah. yeah. Amazing, so, actually. Yeah, quite incredible to see. In general, I would say like linear TV as a performance channel, not really for gaming. Yes, for mm-hmm. anything else, please. Yeah, I heard about that. And can you tell us more like about the technical side of your product? How it, exactly does it work? And which kind of commitment do brands need to do in order to be able to use it? Okay. So maybe the, the first part, typically I would say black magic. Um, <laughs> I like no, that. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's a lot of like, again, we're a data science company. So we're using a lot of modeling in order to basically understand what is the causal impact of a certain marketing activity you would like to measure. I would say the secret sauce for us is how do we combine an understanding of what one's like a client's seasonality, short term, long term. Any coefficients. So if you think of, for example, a scooter company, if it rains, no one's going to use a scooter. If it's nice outside, people will use a scooter. So there is how do we combine, again, seasonality, what is called coefficients. And then for us, the most important input has been the marketing activities. So it means every other stuff that the marketer does, campaign, launch, pause, beaching, creative swap, and so on. Based on those, essentially what we've done is we've built multiple models that are all ensembled into a single model, allowing us to actually answer the opposite question. When a customer measures their budget increase on Facebook, what we are actually building a prediction for is what would have happened if you hadn't increased the ad spend on Facebook? The difference between prediction and actual, that's the incremental contribution. And then we do the same process for any KPI the customer could be measuring. So it could be install and sign up and revenue, but it can also be registration and sales and predicted revenue for another customer. Yeah, so that's kind of like the secret sauce there. And when it comes to commitment, I would say right now we are enjoying the fact that we are inbound only. Like we don't sell to anyone. Um, And I would say right now the commitment is a client who is seeking solution that understands that the ways of the past are A, gone, or we're never good enough to begin with um so that's kind of i would say the commitment uh, maybe later on again if we do like 
sales and go to clients, we need to educate them that, hey, look, uh, this is like not great what you've been doing. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, yeah, so you mentioned some really big names there in terms of the, the clients you're working with. Uh, do you find that there's any particular sweet spot in terms of category or are you, you've, have you found so far that you're able to help all kinds of categories with, with the same level of accuracy? Yeah. So currently there is no, like, a, um, I would say, category of customers. We actually even had like a company meeting where I showed a triangle showing like this is an app developer with 50K uh, ad spend and their iOS only. Um, this is like a mega big enterprise with like 150 countries and running cross media. This is a, and then the third one was this is a website selling high end outdoor furniture. Like <laughs> there is like um, nothing to connect the three other than the fact that probably all of them are spending money on Facebook and Google. But um, other than Facebook and Google, they're also spending elsewhere and they're looking at things differently and. Some of them will have this type of attribution data, and some of them will have like fractional attribution. Mm -hmm. From our side, the model will fit to the customer. Amazing. Yeah, great and super exciting. Um, really great to hear you. You've managed to raise a seed, seed round. Again, congrats for, for being able to do that in what are pretty challenging conditions. When we get to the brilliant or bullshit section, we'll talk a bit more about what some other companies are doing in challenging conditions. But uh, Awesome. But I think, I think with that, I'll hand over to, to Jessica who'd love to, yeah. uh, to move to the next section. Of course. Uh, yeah. And again, congratulations. Um, I think it's great because a lot of companies are currently suffering. It's really hard to raise money. So I think it, it just says a lot about you and the company, uh, you know, what you achieve. So yeah, really well done. Um, but let's go to the core of our podcast. So we want to hear about one time where you fucked it up and what you learned from that, because we know that behind every success, there are multiple mistakes and they're usually much more interesting. So yeah, please tell us one of your worst nightmares. Oh, okay. So one of the biggest nightmares I had was during my time in Uplift as a CEO. So Uplift was a German company. Maybe I, I think it will add more context to something later on that I'll mention. Um, we work with a lot of companies. And then basically, uh, at some point, one of our biggest customers, somewhere around 2018, um, pinged us. Well, of course, we're at a conference because usually like <laughs> bad news comes at the worst possible moment. Uh, and they basically told us, hey, uh, based on our MMP, the last one million installs to generate the data for us um, never happened. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah. So... Um, it's got, it might be a long story, but I'm going to like try to shorten it. But essentially what we've learned, um, is that this company's attribution solution basically had a bug, um, where any person, okay, I'm not going to name names, but like any person could essentially trigger a click URL and a post back URL and then win conversions. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now I would say at Uplift we had barely any safety nets against such a thing because I would say we really thought, okay, we're working with media providers, we're working with publishers, they're generating legitimate traffic, it's all translating into actual installs, we're getting reports from a third-party system that is essentially auditing these installs, we're good, we're good with this customer. Um, basically, there initially, like, our complete approach was, um, yeah, to, to go really, like, understand with the customer, okay, uh, what could we have done uh, better? Reality is we couldn't really have done anything um, 
to fix this. And from my perspective, or I would say in Apple's perspective, it's like, hey, um, the attribution solution basically here found a bug and you expect us to pay for it. Now, we are fine with basically sharing the load here, um, but um, we really wanted to understand again, what's going to be the responsibility um, of the attribution solution. And here I would say we ended up Again, this is kind of like me trying to create a long story, uh, a short story. We ended up involving legal into this and the customer's CFO and CMO. And and at some point, they started threatening that they would sue us for fraud. Now, in Germany, by the way, as a managing director, being sued by fraud is not an easy thing. It's like yeah. it can actually end with criminal charges, not just like, mm. oh, here's a big penalty and pay the money back mm-hmm. as a company. It's like actual criminal charges um yeah we ended up uh, again after multiple calls and then at the end flying to meet the customer in their offices and basically saying look it's like this is not us okay we will reimburse you we will refund you the entire amount like we want to be like the good guys here but in reality essentially what i would say the the place where i felt that we really like fucked up again using the language of the podcast was that we had like absolutely zero safety nets um, and the point was that we completely relied on this third party basically telling us what we were doing right and what we were doing wrong and when the day came with this third party technology actually like was easily hacked we ended up paying the entire i would say bill for this and this actually created again like um in a way, a downhill in terms of like what we were willing to do, not willing to do. Um, in terms of like, okay, we were suddenly no no longer willing to take campaigns for, um, where advertisers were using this specific like attribution provider, which by the way was like second biggest in the world. Um, which basically meant, on the one hand, okay, we are ethically correct and we are contractually correct and. And again, we're not going to have similar like issues with other customers. On the other hand, we basically now cut away 40% of the market just because we said, hey, uh, we can't work with this attribution solution until they fix their issues, which, by the way, they never have. Um, yeah, so that was, like, <laughs> that was a wow. fairly big fuck up, I would say. Um, in time, definitely one of the things that inspired me to, to start Incremental. Um, because again, with with all the goods that attribution does have, and not hear me bashing attribution as a whole, generally like it serves a function, and there are many use cases where attribution is going to give you the best answer uh, possible. Um, but basically, what I saw is that while attribution was tracking, it wasn't really measuring, and you can track something even though it doesn't exist, as long as you cannot actually measure that it really happened. Um, yeah, and you know what? I have no idea how long, like, uh, how long of time does like needs to go before I can name the customer and name the MFP. But honestly, it doesn't really matter. Uh, the world changed so much since then uh, that all of this is in the past. I did, I did actually last week. So last week I was in London for App Growth Summit, and I ran into the marketer from this company. I haven't seen them in these like four or five years since this like terrible incident and I came up to them and said hey uh, maybe it's time we bury the hatchets we had a coffee together we had a little bit of chat um, 
yeah, at least I felt uh, good. And I told them, look, it's like this case, one of the reasons why I started the company. It's not the only reason, but it's one of the reasons why I started the company. So in a way, I would say that I am thankful for every fuck up I've had in my career because it led me to where I am right now. Amazing. I love how you turn like a nightmare again into an opportunity. Um, I'm wondering also, like, did you change after this nightmare, the way that you were like dealing with clients? So were, did you add like an extra steps to make sure that the MMP data was right? Or was it like an edge case that you think will never happen again? No, no, we completely changed how we were doing things to the point where Um, we would not accept customers from that MMP as long as they didn't install certain like upgrades within the SDK that would ensure that this didn't happen again. By the way, six months later, we found out that even customers who installed the upgrade from the MMP were still experiencing the same to the point where we said, okay, we no longer accept customers using this MMP because we cannot guarantee uh, conversions that yeah. are not fraudulent conversions it was really bad this this is a this is a scandalous tale maor and uh yeah I, i think you're clearly you've been the the bigger person here uh really sucks that that they didn't chip in halves with you i guess once lawyers get involved um it gets pretty difficult to admit any kind of liability on these things but still i'm not not making excuses for for the uh, mmp in question this this sucks i mean especially as they're probably a, they were probably quite a bit bigger than you guys Yeah, and again, as a media company, again, Applet was a media company at the end of the day. As a media company, you never want to go into a lawsuit with a customer. doesn't matter sure. if you're right or wrong. It's just totally. the, the smartest thing to do in like 99% of the cases is just to like wave it off, write it off. Um, it's, it's a big pain, but like in every other media company I've ever worked, again, if we had clashes with a customer on whatever, even if just the customer wasn't happy about the service, Like we would heavily discount and essentially this was like part of cost of business. Um, yeah, so that indeed sucked like badly. Yeah, I guess, um, you know, I've always kind of thought that MMPs are probably not the best incentivized to tackle fraud when they charge per, per attribution. One of the, this is literally one of the reasons why Incremental is a flat fee company. Again, I don't want to sell my company right now here in your mm. podcast, but it's like one of the biggest things I had was I don't want to have a counter incentive against the customer. It means I don't want to basically prove, hey, look, the results are good, so I'm going to charge you more. The results are bad. I'm going to charge you less or more or whatever. Um, yeah, so completely agree with that. It's like I think that like, th definitely there it's like it's really important to not have any counter incentive against your customers. Quite right. Yeah, I've got so much respect for that. And um, yeah, I think it, it shows the... The wisdom of, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, it's one of the benefits of being a dinosaur, right? Is you get to see some stuff and, and, and become a little wiser. Um, yeah, thank you, Maor. I think that is a contender for our best nightmare yet. Uh, what do you think, Jessica? <laughs> best or worst? Yeah, yeah. Yes, worst <laughs> We nightmare, need to... <laughs> actually. Yes, that's true. By the way, if, I... you, if, you want, if you want it in figures, it was $1.6 million dollars. Ooh, what? That's, that's gonna hurt. That's okay, always the, gonna hurt. This is the the worst nightmare. I think. I, I think I you think, won. Yeah, I think. I think. Yeah, we can. We can. We can finish now, Jessica. This is the last episode, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Uh, just put it out for Halloween. Call it a day. Um, 
Yeah, okay. Uh, well, uh, for what might be our final brilliant or bullshit, um, let's let's move to the next section. We have to do the jingle, though, Jessica. One, two, three. Brilliant or brilliant bullshit. Or bullshit. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, one day maybe we'll we'll have a bit of uh, revenue coming in from this podcast. We can hire a professional jingle, jingle yeah, maker. Yeah, we're waiting for that. If anyone wants to, you know, like support us, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, for those of you not familiar with our brilliant or bullshit section, it's a little little uh, snippet that we do at the end of the show. Um, we we like to ask our guests to take a a polarized position, either a, yes, this is brilliant, or no, nah, this is bullshit. It's kind of like it sounds, um, you know. And uh, knowing Maor, I think he's definitely capable of, of taking a strong position on on something. So. Uh, we've got like a, a news article just dropped today, actually. So it's it's uh, if we get this article, if we get this podcast out relatively quickly, it'll be pretty timely. Um, so it's from The Verge. Uh, it, was, it was pretty widely reported. Basically, Snapchat or Snap, as I think, I'm not sure, Snap Inc. Uh, as they're called, with uh, Evan Spiegel, the, the CEO. Um, there was a leaked memo from Evan Spiegel um, giving his turnaround plans. Basically, they they just laid off. 20% of, of their staff. So like big layoffs at Snap. Uh, obviously, they've got like heavy competition from, from TikTok and uh, in uh, other quarters. But, uh, you know, he was mostly citing actually the reasons for this, these layoffs and the, the, the poor economic conditions and the sort of, you know, kind of chaos in the economy, which uh, for sure can, can be a factor for a lot of companies at the moment. Um, so uh, it's a long article. We'll, we'll link to it in the, uh, in the show notes. Um, definitely worth a read. Um, but sort of some of the, the sort of key points from uh, from this this leaked memo, which which Evan Spiegel sent to the staff. So basically, he conceded that they missed almost all of their twenty two targets. Um, so sort of key things: they they want to grow time spent on content by ten percent per user. Um, they want thirty five percent of their users interacting daily with the Map tab of Snapchat, and thirty percent of users on Spotlight. Uh, it's uh, uh, on Spotlight and um, yeah, the plan is to make six billion in revenue and at least one billion in free cash flow by 2023. Uh, then I think the the most interesting part for me is uh, that they they really want AR based advertising to make up 10 percent of their total ad revenue next year. That's that's a big bet, um, and they want to basically double down on AR augmented reality. Um, so uh, they have like these lens effects and stuff like that. They want to also license. Uh, their AR tech to to enterprise. So basically, they want to bring in more cash from AR, both from licensing and from from ads. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, this is the the big turnaround plan from Evan Spiegel. Probably not happy that it's been leaked, but uh, Maora, what do you make of it? Brilliant or bullshit? Bullshit um, and like multiple layers of bullshit. So first of all, I I I do not believe in leaked. Okay, I believe in land leaked. Um, Snap's real strategy, in my opinion, right now is to try to sell the company to the highest bidder, which hopefully for them would be either a Facebook or a TikTok, though I'm not sure either would want to essentially acquire Snapchat. Again, I think that, like, again, if I'm really, really being, like, uh, um, vicious here, I would say that Snapchat five years from now is MySpace. Um, acquired <laughs> by some, like, ad network somewhere and, like, harvested for clicks and like impressions no i think that snapchat essentially didn't get right what so again facebook grew in like a completely different time and they had literally unlimited access to user level data which definitely they use and 
right now I would say they're suffering a little bit from, but they're still like a massive company, okay? TikTok was mega aggressive, both on growth and on product, okay? Snapchat is just like another player, in my opinion. Um, so like Snapchat's biggest bet right now would be if someone acquires them. Um, I think every single attempt they did for like improving targeting, improve, improving like ad creations, improving performance has not really yielded um, success, mainly because again, they were still trying to do things the old way and they were essentially trying to recreate what Facebook has done, but again, five, six, seven years ago, which you cannot do anymore. Um, so yeah, my opinion, big fat bullshit. Um, there is no such thing as leaked. Um, yeah. I love, I love that you're taking a stand. I love that because most of our guests are like, ah, I'm not sure, whatever. You're like, oh, love it. Um, I have a question. Are you actually, are you using Snapchat or TikTok or any other social media, both you and DMR? I've weaned off social media. I would say other than LinkedIn and Reddit. Uh, yeah. I, like I have a Facebook account for Facebook connect, but it's completely empty. Like nothing's mm -hmm. on it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn, Reddit, uh, Twitter, and uh, my dog is on Instagram. Um, it's, it's a li li little little plug for my dog's Instagram account. It's it's pickle the corgi. So I T S pickle P I C K L C K L E the corgi C O R G I. Um, so I you can find her there. Lots of cute pictures and videos of my little corgi pickle. Uh, you should follow that account. It's really useful. <laughs> We'll put a link in the show notes. <laughs> I love that. Um, I actually have, um, I mean, I tried to use Snapchat and I, I, I stopped using I just didn't understand it. I felt so old. Um, and I started to use TikTok and now I'm, I'm looped in. I'm, I'm lost. I cannot stop. Like, it's literally like a drug. I used to be on it's Instagram like, stories and now I spend all my time on TikTok. It's, it's engagement crack. My God, they got me. It just know me so well. They know me better than anyone else. It's crazy. So yeah. yeah, it's scary as well. It's pretty scary. It's pretty scary. But I agree with you. Is it may be too late, unfortunately, for Snapchat. Um, but we'll see. Awesome! It was such an amazing episode. Thank you so much, Maura, for um, for joining us. I'm sure that there will be a lot of people that are going to have questions for you. What is the best way to reach out to you? Oh, LinkedIn. I'm fairly responsive, other than to people to try who try to sell me random media in random countries. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll put your LinkedIn uh, uh, link in the show notes as well. Perfect. Thank you so much Great. again. Thank you, Thank you Maor. Thank it's you. It's been wonderful. Thank you. What marketing mess is keeping you up at night? Send us your problems, questions, failures, and we'll discuss them on the show. Or if you want to be here with us and share your fuck-ups with our audience, be our guest. The kind of things that we're looking for, like uh, could be bad decisions that keep on um, haunting you, like things that you've done in the past, like technical debt or you know other kinds of like mistakes which you're worried are going to kind of come back and bite you. Um, could be worries about the future, a nightmare that you're having about some some future growth um, event that could occur. Um, could be a nightmare setup that you have no control over, like a client or a new employer that has a terrible analytics setup. Um, could be nightmare processes. Um, could be something that was initially thought of and touted as a success, but actually you were reading all the signals wrong and actually turned out that it was actually a nightmare. Um, yeah, all of those things and anything else that's related to growth and nightmares. 
So if you have something like this, send us an email to hello at mgnpodcast.com. Hello at mgnpodcast.com. See you next time. Cheers. <laughs>